0: getting those things which are behind and reaching toward that thing which is in front of us that we press towards the mark for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. We purpose to be people of purpose, of intensity, of commitment, of destiny, of courage, of strength, Of perseverance of resilience we want to be that kind of people in the earth we are looking at the end of giving ourselves away when that final offering is made and we offer our whole lives to you and commit our eternity to you that on the other side of this life that we will hear these two words Well done, in the name of Jesus. Now say this with me, Heavenly Father, your word says if I lack wisdom, I should ask you in faith without wavering, and that you would give it liberally without fault finding. I ask now for that wisdom and I believe that I receive it. And I say with my Lord Jesus that I must be about my father's business. Thank you for giving me your insight into my kingdom success. In Jesus' name, I pray expecting, amen. Now say this with me, I'm a believer of the word of God. I am an epistle. the Spirit of God I am a disciple of my man of God I am a finder of the destiny path of God for my life all right you may be seated in the presence of the Lord just want to acknowledge those that are here for uh, that are joining us on Facebook live and YouTube if you haven't yet please please go out and subscribe to the YouTube channel we got so many messages out there you'll find a lot of uh, great. Great information from our time as Destiny Generation Church. We have a legacy Facebook page um, there under New Generation Holiness Center Church International. You'll see both of those out there. Please, that information is out there. We did that on purpose um, to give you a chance to to see us, and you'll certainly see the progression of our technology. We're not where we want to be, but we're not where we used to be. And uh, we believe in God that more People like yourself will be experiencing the difference of destiny, and that the sound and the voice that comes from this house will be heard around the world, bringing multiplied blessings to people. And I hear locally that the light that we raise up of spiritual, social, and economic empowerment will bring transformation to our city and the surrounding regions. We're in a place where we need transformation in our city, but where sin abounds, the scripture says grace much more abounds. So we are confident that God has sent us here, and that the thing that he has put on our life has the power when we release it in faith and unleash it by faith to bring transformation to the things around us. Come on as we go on further into our series on unleashing the increase of faith. Amen? All right. So um, unleashing the increase of faith, um, we're so excited to be here Uh you know, I've been been out the last two weeks, and Pastor uh, Linda Butler and Minister Eva Jarrett ministered, and I said, uh, Lord, i got to come back and get my pulpit back in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. But they did a really good job, and so um, though I was not here, uh, I even used it as an object lesson that I can be confident to go and do the other pieces of the destiny that God has for me, right? So part of my assignment both is to unleash um, the destiny of the people that are here that's part of my assignment as your pastor as your shepherd as your man of god but the other part of my assignment is that there are other people besides the people that come to me that I have to reach and so um, i would be remiss if i helped you to get to your destiny and then fulfilled all the assignment that God gave for me and so i am grateful that we have uh, A maturing um, congregation that um, really values the voice of God even if it's in a different vessel than their primary man of God somebody say amen okay so um, unleashing the increase of faith um, this series we have objectives for that five objectives number one to review and elaborate on the basics of basics of understanding the force of faith how it works and doesn't work in walking by faith. Two, to encourage you to examine faith as a toy, a trial, a tool, a tactic, a technology, or a termination. And we talked about that one before. And we want to get to the point where, you know, in the world they say I'm ride or die. That means I have no second options. I'm gonna I'm gonna do this all the way to the end. That's what it means to terminate, to complete it all the way to the end. Three, to enlighten levels of faith as described in Scripture, right? So Pastor Butler talked about when you are become part of what we call being in the faith, what it means to be a believer and how that process works out. And then the growth in grace as you walk by faith um, to understand uh, how that process will be and, and to, to work on faith for character development. The Apostle Peter called... He said it this way, receiving the end of your faith, which is the salvation of your soul, which means that your character is now aligned with Christ, that people should over time see growth in Christ's character working in you. So that was a lot of what Pastor uh, Butler sp- spoke on. This other other part of this, of this objective is... Um, encouraging to enlighten levels of faith as described in Scripture and encourage self-examination to move you to spiritual acceleration in your purposeful faith development, Minister Eva began to talk to us through levels of faith, um, and she hinted at the reality that you can be strong in faith in one area but weak in another. We all understand that, right? You go to the gym. If all you do is upper body reps, your legs ain't getting exercised. Same body. You're just using different muscles, right? That's why your pastor during the financial part talked to you about these three areas of faith that you have to believe in finances. And people didn't even know that. They just thought I just had as long as I sowed it, everything was okay. They didn't know they had to actually exercise their faith, you know, because the devil's telling you ain't nothing working. Then, you know, you started out. Grateful, then you got begrudging after you gave, right? So we talked about that. This there is these things, and the Lord's really telling me there's some things he's going. I got to teach. I got to teach my preachers, right? Because sometimes we we think we try to live off. I can't live off the gift that I use to minister to you. It is my assignment from God to be a preacher, and there is a grace that comes up on me. To preach the word by faith, but then I got to go home, get my own Bible out, not to get a message ready, but to feed myself, to hear the word myself, to speak it out of my mind, not just for you, but for me. And so really what a preacher, I got to do double duty. I got to get what I need to give to you, but then I got to go back and get what I need to give to me. And if I'm not careful, I'll spend all of my time giving to you and not replenishing what it takes for me. And then the devil gets a chance to take me out. Jesus perceived that when he ministered, virtue went out of him. And then you saw he got up very early before day and went away from everybody. And he was by himself getting his own faith recharged. Number four, to illuminate power, keys, and principles that I've learned in my own life and seen in the life of my mentors and spiritual leaders. Five, to embolden you to release your faith for the illogical, inconceivable, and what is naturally impossible such that God is free to move in amazing ways to bring his purpose to pass in your situation. Psalm 45 1b will be in our second half of this series. Um, My tongue is the pen of a ready writer that was on our handout for the year. And it talks about, you know, releasing faith, um, but that's not what really where we are now. I'm just trying to get you to the point where you understand how faith is, how this muscle that God gave you works, right? How does it work? How do I grow it? It's It's time for me to don't just use faith to go get something, understand what faith is good for, right? You know, when I teaching a psalmist training Institute I try to explain to people you don't play an organ like you play a piano a piano is a percussive instrument that means just like drums you you get sound by banging you don't bang an organ it doesn't get louder cuz you banged it you try to make it smooth and connect the chords Now, it's still fundamentally the same kind of notes, but it's played differently. Right? The fundamentals of driving a a big rig is the same as driving your car. The fundamentals are the same, but the dynamics are completely different. And so we, we want to understand faith to that kind of insight. How does it work, and when? how do we make sure we understand what it works? So before we start trying to drive somewhere to some place, let's understand how this truck is different from a car. All right? I'm going to talk to you today about the thing that you have to get before you get to the faith. Because everybody want to jump to the faith because the faith seemed to get the stuff. And I want you to get to faith, but I want you to understand the prerequisites. Before you get the thing that you believe in for, let's get to the prerequisites first. Right, and I'm going to tell you about that today. All right, so we talked about who First um, John 5, 1 through 5, whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, right? That's where you get in the faith. And everyone who loves him who begots also loves him who is begotten of him. That's that character development where you work on loving God and work on loving God's people. And if you don't get that right, all the other stuff starts to fall apart. By this we know we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. What commandments he's talking about? The commandment that he just told you, to love God and love his children. Okay? I don't know if I love God enough to put that stuff down. That's what, that's, okay, that was Pastor Butler's message. I'm not going to repeat that. All right? Um, I'm tired of dealing with church people. Sorry. That's also in this, isn't it? It's a commandment. It wasn't a suggestion. Church hurt don't give you a chance to opt out of church. Some people on social media, did you, you just put up your finger and decided, I'm going to opt out of church. How you get a chance to do that? Does the Bible not so? I mean, fellowship, God didn't exempt you from fellowship because we got social media. Okay? You don't get the chance to opt out. He designed you to be a part of a body, and a body must stay connected. If I separate my finger from the rest of my body long enough, this finger will die. All right? Verse 3. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not too hard to do. That's what it means when it's burdensome. Loving God, letting go of whatever he tells you to let go, and loving his people, when they have spots because you got some problems too, is not too hard. You're not, it's not so deep that you can't do it. Four, for whatever is born of God overcomes the world. Now, everybody wants to jump to the overcoming the world part, but they want to skip past the loving the people part, loving God part. But you can't get to that one if you haven't done the other one. Whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that overcomes the world, our faith. Who is he that overcomes the world but he who believes that Jesus is the son of God? So maintaining that primary relationship with Jesus and letting him be Lord, letting him deal with this issue, and letting him be Lord in my relationship with him, meaning I'll change what he wants me to change, and dealing with people, when he tells me to do. I, you know, I, sometimes minist- people think everything in ministry is just joy. Dealing with y'all people. And I say, I ain't mad at nobody. So I'm not looking at nobody. I'm looking at the lights now. It's, a, it's not always easy. But it's a commandment. I don't get it. It's not a suggestion. Jesus is Lord. I got to believe and do what he tells me to do, right? And oh, by the way, it's not, it's not easy for y'all to deal with me all the time neither. I get it, right? You know, I can smell myself sometimes. Everything ain't everything for me neither. I get that. But we have to all believe that this is a commandment. And if we get this stuff right, when we go outside and we face the problems that seem insurmountable, we have something in our lives fully functioning at its highest capacity that gives us overcoming capacity over the world, and that's our faith. And Jesus, who is the author and the finisher or developer of our faith, has committed himself to make sure it works for you in your situation. All right. Romans 10:8 to 21. And what does it say? The word is near you in your heart, in your mouth, and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if you confess with your mouth, the Lord Jesus, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Now, we said this is true for that getting into the faith as an unbeliever, but it's also true in confessing Jesus Lord over situations when you're already a believer. Right? For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. For there's no distinction between Jew and Greek for the same Lord over all. It's rich to all who call upon him. For whoever, whoever, whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Whoever includes me. So when the devil gets in my head and said, it worked for Brother for brother Stringbean. It's just a cabbage patch, but you can't. it can't work for you. That scripture says whoever has to work for you. Whoever does it. It will work for them. I'm part of that whoever. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? So you can't call if the believing is wrong, the calling can't be right. How shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? If the hearing is wrong, then the believing won't be right. How shall they hear without a preacher? If the preacher is wrong, then your hearing won't be right. How shall they preach unless they be sent? If God doesn't send them, then the preacher ain't right neither. See, that? See how we walked all of that back? I can't get to the call and being rich if I don't get back to Jesus sending somebody to say something to me. Right? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things, but they have not all obeyed. The gospel for Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed, our report. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That means I can't even depend on what I've heard before. Sometimes, you know, you in a situation and then somebody brings up an old scripture and they say, nah, I already know that. Slow down, bruh. If it was all in manifestation, we wouldn't need to talk about it. I, I already know that. Yeah, maybe you heard it, but maybe you haven't kept hearing. You know, when you buy milk, it has an expiration date. So it tells you there's only a certain time that it's good, and then you got to get you some more milk. So your faith will expire if you don't continue to feed it. Right? So that's why we have things like social media. We're not putting videos out there because I want everybody to see me. I need you to have capability to get a continuous infusing of your faith so that you can keep hearing and hearing because you didn't get it all the first time. Particularly the way your pastor preached, he put too much in the message for you to get it all the first time. You need to go back and listen. I'm just saying. As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. God honors and orders my steps as your preacher once i commit to him to preach his word then he says i'm gonna gonna help your pass out right so when god sends a real preacher to you you should be happy coming to church shouldn't be like okay we got to go to church today then you don't understand how this part works but they have not all obeyed the gospel for Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our reports of them, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But I say, have they not heard? Yes, their sound has gone out to all the earth and their words to the ends of the world. That's a scripture I'm standing on that the sound of destiny will go everywhere. Verse 19. But I say. I say, did Israel not know? First, Moses said, I will provoke you to jealousy by those who are not a nation. I will move you to anger by a foolish nation. But Isaiah is very bold and says, I was found by those who did not seek me. I was made manifest to those who did not ask for me. But to Israel, he says, all day long, I have stretched out my hand to a disobedient and contrary people. So we gave you two flow charts. The first one is, let's show our two flow charts. The first one, here's here's option A. Right. Option A is says that I have a preacher sent by God. Right. That preacher has had a real God experience. Moses, it was with the burning bush. Joseph had a dream. Jesus, it was in the wilderness sent by God. They have an encounter with God and then he sends them to preach. They're sent to preach. You hear. Option A says you believe. You get right standing with God and release from shame. You call to it, and then God's riches and salvation are manifested in your situation. That's what we want to happen. But there is another option. Let's go to option B. Option B says there's a preacher still sent from God, right, has that encounter, preaches. People hear. But rather than responding with belief, they respond with unbelief. Unbelief doesn't mean non-belief. Unbelief means you believe something different than what God is saying. You believe something different than unrighteousness. You're not right with God. Then the shame that you would have been released sticks to you. Instead of God being released towards you with his riches, poverty sticks to you. Bondage sticks to you. And then God replaces you. And find somebody else who will believe what he said, and then you get jealous of those people that you get replaced by. All of that was in that passage of Scripture, wasn't it? I'm going to provoke you with a people that's not a people. Right? So Moses talked about the land flowing with milk and honey. People start believing in the giants and the grasshoppers. And all of that happened. And he said, y'all going to die in the wilderness, and I'm going to replace you with your own kids. That's why some parents are, are jealous of their own children. I've seen, I've seen parents sabotage their own children's success because they want them to live down where they are. Okay? So we have to watch, right? So we've given you a definition of faith. Let's look at our definition. Faith, we say it was believing without sense realm evidence, agreeing and acting on divine promises until the power of those promises are displayed in open operation, agreeing with the truth of God's word until the power of that word changes your situation. We say faith is trust. What do you rely on, lean, put confidence in? When when things get tough, what do you turn to? Are you your own God? We said faith is the ability to believe that desirable things exist and which we hope for actually already exist and belong to us. Then we gave you another definition. Faith is the process and equipment provided, process equipment and lifestyle provided by God, whereby the believer through a process of biblical belief confession, and corresponding action receives God's grace, precious promises, pursued empowerments, and world-overcoming quantities in spite of opposition, situations, and setbacks, enabling heaven's influence to interrupt and overpower Earth's problems. That's a long definition, but that's really important. Each part of that, right, is important. Okay, so if you need your camera, take, take a picture, take a picture, or... Go out to subscribe to the Destiny Generation Church YouTube page. It will all be there, and you can stop, pause, and rewind to your heart's content. That was a revel-mercial. That's a revelation and commercial, not an infomercial, not information and commercial, but a revel-mercial. All right, so I got a key statement for you today, and that key statement is, like, where do we start with this faith? Faith, my key statement is, faith begins... Where the will of God is known. Faith begins where the will of God is known. How do I trust God for it if I don't know what his will is concerning it? Okay. Some people don't have confidence in healing because they've been around preachers that said, God healed 2,000 years ago, but you hit, you were born too late. They don't know if it's God's will to heal them. Some people don't know if God, will, you know, I know he'll prosper the man. I, don't, I never know who the man is. Can you, can you tell me who the man is? When you find the man, can you point the man out to me? They'll do it for the man. I never know who the man is. But they don't think whoever the man is that, that, that God will do it for them. Faith begins where the will of God is known. Let's look at Hebrews 11 and 1. Now, hold that thought. Just make sure you jot that down for your notes. Faith begins where the will of God is known. Hebrews 11 and 1. And it says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. All right, so we talked about some of this is in our definition. Um, This scripture says that faith, gives substance for things we hope for I like to think of it this way faith is the building materials but hope is the blueprint faith is the building materials hope is the blueprint If you go to a building site there's always a bunch of material there but there is a master planner with some master plans that guide the building they don't just throw stuff together and hope a building comes out okay Um, I don't know about some of you but I was always kind of impatient when I was putting together my daughter's Christmas present, So sometimes there would be a few screws left over because I didn't want to read it all. I didn't want to read all the instructions. And so I had <laughs> building materials, but I didn't follow and have clarity on the blueprint. So her bike would be riding. She'd be lean. She wasn't trying to cop the gangster lean. There was a the few screws left over to the side. So I can infer before I get to the building part where stuff starts to build in my situation, I need to make sure that my blueprint is clear. Okay, Pastor, I don't know what to do with that yet. Just just make sure you get that. Do you get that I need a blueprint plus building materials? Even in the production of life, the husband's seed is the blueprint. But the wife provides the building material. Sila. She has a certain amount of time. Okay, Lord, I'm going to say it. She has a certain amount of time for that building material. To get a blueprint if not she loses it you got it yeah she has a certain amount of time it just goes away because she didn't give that substance a pattern that's why maternal means material and paternal means the pattern that goes with the material to produce the life hope is the blueprint? It gives the pattern that faith begins to build to go to bring something to pass. If my blueprint isn't clear, then my building material has no assignment yet. Faith gives substance to what I hope for. So now I gotta understand how does hope come? Because if my blueprint isn't right, my building material is sitting there just waiting. Look at Ephesians 2. I'm going to read verse 10 through 13. Now, isn't this some, that's a whole different way to even think about faith, isn't it? Okay. I'm going to read verse 10. That's our core vision scripture, but I'm going to read down to verse 13. Verse 10 says, For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Therefore, remember that you, once Gentiles in the flesh, are called uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision made in the flesh by hands that at that time you are without Christ this was my BC days before Christ before I was in the faith. but now in my BC days it says being aliens from the Commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise I am stranger from covenants of promise having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. So this scripture says that if I am a stranger to the covenant of what God promised, God's legal, spiritually binding agreement, That he commits himself to a covenant partner, who is usually a man, and that man's descendants. If I have no access to the covenant, then I I really have no access to God, and I have nothing to hope for. So it gives me the sense that hope comes from me connecting with what God has promised. Because faith begins where God's will is known, and he expresses his will through his covenant. Now, look at verse 19. Now, therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. And you now have access to the covenants of promise. But have you spent enough time in the covenant of promise So that your blueprint is clear. I know what God wants to do. But have you spent enough time meditating it so that you have a clear blueprint of what He wants to do in your life? Hope is an earnest expectation, but based on what? Based on our hope, um, that our hope is built on understanding what God has promised. You know, Early in, in, the, uh, in the previous expression in New Generation days, you know, Apostle uh, used to teach us on faith, and uh, she was teaching on faith and confession. And so um, one of my nephews said, would say to me, he, would, he called himself saying it to God, but he made sure I was close enough to hear it. And he would say, I believe God that Uncle David's going to buy me a car. Now, neither God was moved by that, Nor was Uncle David. Why? Because God never promised him that Uncle David was going to buy him a car. He didn't promise him Uncle David would meet his needs. There's no covenant promise that Uncle David would meet his needs. And neither did Uncle David promise. So since neither of them promised, he had hope, but he didn't have Bible hope. He had an expectation and a picture, but it wasn't something that God said, I'm Jehovah, I approve that message. So, his blueprint was not a Bible blueprint. Okay? All right. Now, the second part of, that we need to understand when we think about hope is, hope is both what God has promised and what you desire when they intersect. God can promise you healing, but you just want to get to heaven and his promise is up here, but yours is down there. He has to bring his substance down to what you're believing for. That's why when I'm as a pastor, when I'm touching and agreeing with people for healing, I got to say, OK, what do you believing God for? OK, I can be up here saying I'm believing for complete healing. And you just want, you know, you just want the medicine to work and I'm not even mad at you but we 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 don't have the same picture so you and God have to have the same picture it is when what he promised and what you desire that intersects that's when you really have Bible hope is that clear all right hope is an ability hope has an ability within it to keep us focused on the blueprint while the building is being built have you ever went by a building that was being built and then they had a picture of the finished product? Now, you have seen a bunch of mud, a bunch of dump trucks, a bunch of dust going, a bunch of old crusty dudes with, with nasty clothes on, moving stuff around. But there's a picture of a beautiful building. And sometimes a picture have folks looking like me with suits and stuff walking into it. Hope is that picture that keeps you steady while the blueprint, while the building is still going. Let's look at it. Romans 8, 24 and 25. For we are saved in this hope. Hope has an ability to keep us in, in, in keep us in, in, a, in a position of be, of God's rescuing us. But hope that is seen is not hope. For why does one still hope for what he sees? But if we Hope for what we do not see. We eagerly wait for it with perseverance. We eagerly wait for it and are persevering. We eagerly wait for it and can endure, and eager and enjoy the waiting process. If we really are in hope. Let's look at another scripture. 1 John 3:2 and 3. Beloved, now are we the children of God, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. But we know that when He is revealed, we shall see be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is. And everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. If I really believe, see, that's why I know everybody that say they love Jesus don't believe he's coming again because they're not getting pure. He that has the hope that Jesus really is coming, I don't want him to catch me like doing something crazy, so I'm not going to do something crazy. If I believe he's really coming, You know what I'm saying? Now, I may jack up all, when I was a kid, I would jack up all year long, but in December, because I had some expectation that something good was going to come, it made me straighten up and fly right. I could be good for one month just on the picture that something on Christmas Day was coming. He that has that hope within himself Makes himself pure. Do you have a blueprint that Jesus is coming in your situation? Do you see him working that thing out? Can you hold that picture long enough that, God, that gives God the time to keep the building process going? Or do you think God should just do it for you because you're a nice person? I'm believing in healing. Why God should heal me? Because I was really good. I went to church three times last month. God don't do it for that. He do it because he has a covenant of healing with you. And if your hope is based in something else, then you're going to lose that hope in a minute. Then you get mad at other people. I've been in church more than them, and then they got the thing I was believing for. When you thought that the reason he was doing it is because you was in church all of them times, and that was not his covenant promise. Remember the, the prodigal son and the elder brother? I didn't have a party. This dude went out to the world and came back, and you threw a party for him. He's, and what did the fuck You could have had a party anytime. time. You just didn't have the right blueprint. That's your fault. My covenant with you was not based on everything you did. I gave everything I got to you. You just didn't know how to get a blueprint so that I could build the party that you desired. And got mad because he got it, and and you thought it was on the basis of all your goody two-shoeness. Not my covenant with you. Right? So I can't be... A stranger to what God promised me in the covenant and still believe and still have the kind of hope that faith will bring that thing to pass do you know what is in the old covenant and new covenant that is available to you today that's a question how did Jesus minister and what was the basis of his ministry look at Luke 13 and 16 So ought not this woman being a daughter of Abraham. This is the woman who was bound over. Whom Satan has bound, think of it, for 18 years, be loose from this bond on the Sabbath. Because she was a covenant woman, Jesus said this thing should be given to her because God swore and made legal promise to Abraham and his descendants. She had a covenant right to be healed. Look at uh, Luke 19 and 9. And Jesus said to him, today has salvation come to this house because he also is a son of Abraham. This was Zacchaeus, you know, the short, rich chief tax collector, the IRS agent. Who would collect taxes for the Roman government, but get a piece of the top. And he could steal from people because as long as Rome got their money, they didn't really care what he did to them. And Jesus said, I'm coming to your house. And he said, Jesus, whatever I I give half my goods to the poor, and whatever I stole from people, I'm going to give them four times that back. And Jesus said, he's a son of Abraham. So salvation came to his house. Do you realize that there are things that God wants to do from you, not just because you did everything right, because he certainly hadn't done nothing right, but because of his covenant promises to you in his word. But if you are a stranger to the covenant of what God promised, you will be hopeless, even though God's hope is there for you. Do you get that? I need to actually know. See, I think about the Bible... Like it's a legal document between earth and heaven. I have covenant privileges because I am a covenant son of God through Jesus Christ. And there are certain things that are promised. And then I use that, meditate that till that picture becomes clear inside of me. I'm not yet building yet. I'm just trying to get my blueprint right. The world is telling me I'm going to be broke the rest of my life. But the blueprint says that I will bless those that bless you. I will curse those that curse you. You will be blessed to be a blessing. I got, But I got to build that inside of me to the blueprint is clear. Because I can't start building and have a few screws left over and my prosperity rocking like this. Not because God don't want to give it to me, but because I haven't taken the time to make sure my desires and his desires and the picture of them are clear inside of me to the point that I am earnestly expecting it to come to pass in my situation. Let's look at Matthew 25, 25, 22 through 26. Now, this is a woman outside of the covenant. She doesn't even have a covenant right to get what she's asking for. Now, let's look at her. And behold, a woman of Canaan came from the region, cried out to him, saying, Have mercy on me, O O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. But he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her away, for she cries out after us. But he answered and said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then she came and worshiped him and said, Lord, help me. And he answered and said, it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. Now, you know, the rest of it, she says, even the dogs get the crumbs. And then Jesus, even though he didn't have covenant with her, had compassion on her. Woe be to you if unbelievers have more faith in the compassion of Jesus than you have in the covenant of Jesus. You got a covenant right for him to fix your finances. But you got to spend time until you get that blueprint clear. Because if not, the devil will be in your head saying it can't work for you. It worked for pastor because. He really nice and he do all of that preaching stuff and he really smart. He's a real smart dude. It'll work for him. Pastor was real smart and broke. With his smart self. Yeah, he was. He was no smarter than he. He's not smarter now than he was then. But he has a better p- picture of the covenant than he had then. Does that make sense? I want you to understand that there's a covenant thing that you have. Jesus was born and obeyed the Mosaic covenant, the law, but he ministered out of the Abrahamic covenant. We heard him say that. That's why he talked. He said, listen, people that's in the covenant got certain rights. You got rights. But do you know, and do you know what verse you're standing on? I'm leaving God to hear me. What verse I'm saying? I know it's somewhere in the scripture. Um, um, um. Have you looked at it enough to that picture? Have you meditated to the point where you can see yourself with that more than you see the problem?" Or is the picture that wakes you up in the middle of the night is you got three years to live, two months, two days? Do you have the picture that give, and it shall be given unto me, or is the picture that I'm going to be stuck with this debt the rest of my life? You know, mortician, M-O-R-T, speaks of debt, of death, D-E-A-T-H. A mortuary is a place for dead people. Right? Mortify, put to death the deeds of your body. A mortgage, M O R T G A G E, says you're going to be paying on our house till you're dead. That's what the word means. But is that your picture? If it is, you need to change your picture. You better spend time and find what God promised you something and get that picture clear. Because he can't can't give you, the building materials can't get the house paid until you get that picture, the blueprint clear. Galatians 3, 13 through 17. I'm going to read these scriptures and I got one list. I know this is a lot of information, but I needed y'all to get this one, right? I have some place to get you to today, okay? You, you come out of this and say, listen, I'm going to go into my word and get me some scriptures on the thing that I need God to move. And I'm going to stay with those scriptures until the picture of those scriptures is clear inside of me as it is in the book. If you got that out of this, then I, then I have one today, okay? Pastor, I don't know all the scriptures I need. Well, come see me or see one of the minister's. I don't know what scriptures I need to stand on for the issue that I'm facing. We'll get you some help. But even when I give you the scriptures, I can't go home with you and then get them to the point where that picture is clear inside of you. You're going to have to do your own homework. I I can tell you what scriptures you need. I'm pretty good at that. But I still can't go home for you. And spend the time it takes to get that picture crystal clear inside of you. You're going to have to do your own homework, darling. Galatians three thirteen through 17. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, "Curses is everyone who hangs on the tree. That the blessing of Abraham, that's where the Abrahamic covenant gets on us, might come on the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive this promise of the Spirit through faith. So the Abrahamic covenant, some people say, biblically illiterate preachers say that the Old Testament has nothing to do with this. And here, Paul is telling you that the covenant that you start with starts from Abraham's blessing. Verse 15, brother and I speak in a manner of men, though it is only a man's covenant, even if it was just a covenant between two people. Yet if one, it is confirmed, no one annuls it, nobody breaks it apart or adds other things in it. Once they signed it, it's sealed and you can't add, you can't take it away or add anything to it. Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. And he does not say, and to seeds as of many, but as of one, and to your seed who is Christ. God promised things to Abraham and it went through the Jewish line, but he was ultimately promising it to Abraham and to Jesus. And because I'm in Jesus, the blessing comes on me. So everything he promised Abraham, I can put David Johnson in there. Yep, I can, because that's where it said, isn't that what that just said? All right, to your seed who is Christ. And this I say that the law, which was 430 years later, cannot annul the covenant that was confirmed before God, before by God in Christ, that it should make the promise of no effect. So this is where. Okay, people have a kernel of truth. And then they take that part truth and run off with it. All the Old Testament out. You can't throw all the Old Testament out, but you can't bring all of it in either. He says the law, the Mosaic law, what God promised Abraham, the law that came after can't annul what God has already decided. Okay? The Mosaic covenant was so bad, he said I'm going to make a new covenant. Because I found fault with the, my partners in the Mosaic covenant. Okay. But this af, an original covenant with Abraham is not, there was no promise, problem with him blessing. Right? With Abraham when he walked by faith. So that's how we're supposed to walk. We're supposed to believe, we're supposed to hope. When every earthly reason for hope is gone, we're supposed to still be expecting it can work out in my situation. They give you the statistics, and they tell you 85% of people that have what you got die. Well, tell them I must be the 15. I'm on the other side of that. Because I'm hoping on something besides the earthly statistics. I have a covenant that God swore by himself that blessing he will bless me and multiplying he will multiply my seed like the sand on the seashore and the stars in heaven. Look at verse 26 to 29. For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ, there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. So you can't say, because of the man, it can't work for me. He just said, you don't say it'll work for the man, but it won't work for me. Get that white privilege out your mouth. I didn't say it didn't exist. I'm just saying you got something stronger than that. And if you put your hope on that beyond the privilege that other people have, that thing will override their privilege. Verse 29. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and you are heirs. You inherit the same promises. So don't be a stranger to the promise. Get your hope up in the thing that God promised. Eight benefits encapsulated in the Abrahamic covenant. Number one, all right, I'm going to start here next week. So if you don't get it all today, that's okay. I just want to tease you with it. Take your picture. Go to the YouTube channel. Number one is the empowerment of being blessed to be a blessing. It is not only saying that you're going to get cars, cash, and cribs, but you're going to help other people get their cars, their cash, and their cribs, too. You are empowered to prosper, but that empowerment comes on you to not only do good yourself, but to help somebody else. I will bless you, and you shall be a blessing, is what God told Abraham. Number two, incentivization of partners. Listen. I tell people, it's in your best interest to help me. I will bless those who bless you and curses him who curses you. It's not in your best interest to mess with me. People have messed with me in my career. They got fired. I'm just saying. And it, I didn't go out to do it. That's God's business. Vengeance is his. I let him do the payback stuff. But I just tell them, it's in your best interest to leave me alone. But that's why, right? Number three, protection of life, liberty, and property. They messed with Sarah, and God said, I'm going to take your whole country out messing with her. God, he had a knucklehead nephew. Abraham had a knucklehead nephew named Lot, and God got his nephew out of trouble. Number four, wealth and riches, empowerment for business success. All right? Genesis 13 and 2, Abraham was very rich in livestock, silver, and in gold. All right? So there is a business empowerment that's available to you. You don't have to always stay broke. God can, wherever you are, your covenant will work for you. I'm on a fixed income. Unfix it with your faith. Number four. That was number four. Number five. Spiritual empowerment through tithing and partnering with your man of God. Abraham tithed and partnered with Melchizedek, and the blessing from his man of God came upon him to help him achieve his destiny. Number six, supernatural empowerment to produce a family of faith. God blessed them to receive seed and have children supernaturally. When birth was not possible, supernaturally, God empowered them. Number seven, clarity of assignment on the destiny path to your land of promise. Whatever God has promised you, what land he has for you, the place that he has for you, he will give you clarity on that pathway. God told Abraham, look up your eyes to the north, south, east, and west. I'm going to give you all this land. This here is your land. God gave him that clarity. He'll give you the clarity as well. And then finally, number eight, inside information on God's interventions into the planet. God said, I can't hide from Abraham what's about to happen. I got to tell my covenant partner. If I'm going to do something in his area, when he pray, I got to tell him what's about to happen. Stuff can't, listen. Stuff shouldn't be sneaking up on you. Man, the Lord told me something. Then start acting on them somethings. Those things are things you should be in faith for. And we haven't even got to the new covenant. Tune in next week. We haven't even got to the new covenant yet. All of that was still under the old, but it was still yours. You're Abraham's seed, heirs according to the promise. He's promised all those things to you. But if you're a stranger to it, if you haven't spent your time in the Word, you haven't meditated so that your blueprint is clear, then you got a few screws hanging over to the side, and you're trying to get a full blessing. Let's stand. Did you get something out of this? Are you challenged to go back and spend time in the Word of God to deal with the issues that God has in your life? Do you see it? God has amazing things for us. He has things, but we got to go through. That's why this is why this unleashing the increase of faith is so important. And you can be strong and powerful in one area, but be weak in another area because you just haven't spent the time getting your blueprint solid. Or you believe God should do it for the wrong reasons. You're trying to earn something that he just wants you to receive. And then you get mad when somebody comes in with simple belief, and then you've been struggling in this area all this time, and they come in and get it. Sister, she just got saved, and then she done married the, the boo of the church. And they be listen, child, please. Okay, I'm just saying, stuff like that happens. People think it's the wrong thing, and they don't understand how covenant works or how to develop the God kind of hope so that their faith could give substance to it. Amen? Thank you for those of you that are watching. I'm challenging you also in this message. I'm challenging you to believe God. I'm also challenging you to partner with me as a man of God by sowing your seed to help us help other people experience the difference of destiny. There's information available to you in that regard where you can um, text the information that's there. Please consider sowing a seed in that. Also, I'm going to challenge you to also, as you sow your seed, believe that there's destiny empowerment that's coming upon you as a part of your covenant rights, as a covenant partner, as a destiny partner with Destiny Generation Church. Please, 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 I'm going to lead people through a prayer of salvation. Stay with us here while we do that, and and we're going to invite you to participate with us, and then we'll have a few more parting words for you. All right, saints, um, close your eyes for a second. Think about what you heard today. I'm saying words, but the Holy Spirit is saying words as well. What is he telling you that your hope is not clear in? I mean, it might be, I gave you some things, but I didn't give you all of them. Um, I found in the covenant, now you may not want this while your eyes are closed, but don't hate on me because I found it in the word of God. Um, Abraham and Sarah had intimate, intimate pleasure until she died. Now, that may not be a big promise for you, but for Pastor David, I was waiting. That's a big deal for me in Jesus' name, right? Just because somebody else doesn't want it doesn't mean you can't have it but you got to really believe it and receive it what is the Lord dealing with you on well the first thing you need to do is understand that to receive God's covenant in the first place you must come into the covenant through Jesus Christ how do you do that believe that he came that he died that he rose again and ask him to be the Lord of your life and then as the Son of God through Jesus Christ then you come into the covenants that are available to you. I only gave you half of it, but that half was good all by itself, wasn't it? There's some new covenant blessings that are even more powerful on top of that that we'll talk about next week. If that's you, if you'd like to make Jesus Christ the Lord of my life, would you show me that by raising your hand in the name of Jesus? Hallelujah. Right, And for those that are watching us online, I'm going to challenge you to, if you're watching us on Facebook, message us. Let us know that you're praying the prayer of salvation with us, and then we'll make sure that we follow with you directly. Amen? My second appeal is this, that you would also, um, maybe you are a person that is a believer, but you haven't received the empowerment that comes through the infilling of the Holy Spirit. When my daughter was young, I I told her that the Holy Spirit is the babysitter until Jesus comes back. She got that. Real simple. She got that. She understood, you know, dad's coming, but there was a babysitter until dad gets back. And that's what the Holy Spirit is. He guides us and he gives us the ability to communicate in heaven's language so that not only God works in your situation, but angels work in your situation as well. If that's you, you believe in God to receive this second-level empowerment called the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Can you show me that by raising your hand? And I'll, we're just going to say some prayers of agreement with you in Jesus' name. All right? I'll see your hand. Thank you. My third appeal is maybe you're a believer, um, but you've allowed hurts, hindrances, and habits to get in the way. You know, one of the names of God in the book of Romans, I didn't have this in my notes or I would have said it, is that God is the God of hope. And it says, the God of hope fill you with joy and peace in believing so that you abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. So if you need God to supernaturally um, empower you as you are in your word to get your hopes up based on the covenants of promise, raise your hand. I just want to know who I'm agreeing with that God's going to move in my situation because I'm going to get my hopes up. I have some situations that look hopeless but I know God can do it, I see it in his word, but I gotta get that blueprint right in me. That's you? Thank you, thank you, I see your hands, I see your hands all over, amen, amen. And then finally, both for those here and those that are online, I'd love to be your man of God. I believe that God has sent us to raise up a light of spiritual, social, and economic empowerment that brings transformation to our region. And that I can help you Find the path of God for your life. Pastor David, why do you keep saying that? Because God told me to. And he told me to invite people to come and both partner with us and be a part of our assembly, of this fellowship. Now, there's many other people doing great things. And if God hadn't told you to come and be a part and you're doing this, well, God bless you. And we're glad that the ministry can bless you. But if God is moving on you, God's promised me that as crazy as it might sound, people going to come from all over the world to come to Flint, Michigan to hear the word of God coming out of this place. I believe that because he said it, all right? So if that's you, I'm asking you to make your way to be here, to be a part of our family. You can grow here. You can experience the difference of destiny, and you can go from this place finding the path of God for your life. If that's you and you want to get some information about church membership, raise, raise your hand in Jesus' name. And if you're online, please, there's information. There's a way for you to, to message us on Facebook or leave comments on YouTube. We monitor that, and we'll follow up with you directly in Jesus' name. All right? Come on, saints. We're going to pray because why do we pray and confess? Because we, if we believe it and call to it, we won't be ashamed, and God will be rich to us in those areas. That's why we do this the way we do what we do. Come on, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I come to receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. I believe God raised you from the dead just for me. Thank you for receiving me into your royal family. Heavenly Father, you said through Jesus that if if I as a child ask you, you would give me the Holy Spirit. I am asking you and I receive it and I fully expect to speak with other tongues as your spirit gives me utterance heavenly father. I thank you that you are the God of hope. I have joy and peace in believing that your covenant promises to my father, Abraham are true to me that I inherit every covenant promise. Thank you for empowering me in hope. Through the power of your holy spirit i fully believe that this is a key part to unleashing the increase of faith in my life in jesus name amen go ahead praise the lord thank you all of you that joined us we will be here tuesday night talking about the um understanding the, the dynamics of destiny relationships and then we'll be here next week and continuing on with unleashing the increase of faith. God bless you. See you next week.